Hey everyone, welcome to the MR show. I'm Ronald. And I'm Malcolm. How you doing today, Malcolm? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Christmas break about to come up. I get to relax finally, not worry about nothing no more except of sports. And being you too. So <laughs> I mean that's cool. on too. Yeah, I can't wait to watch NFL Red Zone. Like, I've really, that's one of the things I miss the most about. Because, like, at school, I don't have NFL Red Zone. Yet, but at home, I do. I have at the crib, shoot. I can't wait to watch Red Zone. Like, that's the main thing. But today, we all stop, starting you off with a topic of who is going to win the NFC East. What do you think, Malcolm? All right, this is a good topic to start off with. Because, number one, I am not talking about the Dallas Cowboys. All right, because they have hurt me. Hurt my eyes. I know they hurt your Cowboys fan a lot. So, <laughs> guess what? We're not going to talk about them. I want to talk about a team that's actually have a chance to win the NFC East and might a little bit do something in the playoffs uh, when healthy, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Right now, I understand that they're 6-7 and seven right now, yes. And I understand that they have dealing with a lot of injuries right now, which I completely understand. But at the end of the day, it comes down to a head coach. And who would you rather have, Doug Peterson or Jason Garrett? You only have to answer that question because I already know. <laughs> All right? So, with the Eagles, they have a better staff, and I still have trust in Carson Wentz and his ability to actually win games. Uh, their defense is able to hold them down when they're healthy. I understand that when they play against a a very, you know, powerhouse opponent, it will be a lot more different, but at the end of the day, they're not because their schedule, they play against the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the Giants. And it's a very easy schedule. The only division game that they have to worry about is the Cowboys, which, as you know, Cowboys like to flank when it's time to shine. So that's another thing. Uh, for the Cowboys, they have a little bit of harder schedule. Their next game will be the Rams, so that will be a tough test for them to see where they're going to do in life, but the Rams are looking like they're trying to make the playoffs too, so it's going to yeah. be a hard test. And they got the Eagles and the Redskins. Um <laughs> I don't know what to say about your Cowboys. Y'all have a lot of stuff going on with yourselves, and I really don't think y'all have – y'all don't have the chance or try to come together to make that playoff run. I'm telling you, Cowboys are an accident waiting to happen, and I'm telling you, this season is an accident. Yeah, well, and I know, like you said, the season has already been an accident. It can, to me, only get up from here. Personally, my thing is, does it even matter who wins these? Like, nobody's going to do anything. The Eagles, a team that your best receiver's office, Austin Jeffrey has just been reported out for the season this morning. So that's your best receiver who's played average. So now your second best receiver right now, well, first, your best receiver right now is a tight end, Zach Ertz, who is a top five, a top three tight end, truthfully. So, I mean, that's, you know, still a great asset to have. But you have no you have no weapons. Jordan Howard's okay. Um, Miles Sanders is okay. Nelson Aguilar should not play. I don't care if he's healthy or he's, at this point. I'd rather have a rookie in there instead of Aguilar. I'd rather see the Eagles than the Cowboys. Oh yeah, coming from uh, you know Redskins fans or anybody that's not a Cowboys fan, basically, <laughs> no one wants to see us in the playoffs. It's fine. Personally, I really don't want to see us in the playoffs either. I the thing the difference between a Cowboys fan, I feel like other fans, I don't want to just go to the playoffs. Like that's not fun for me to go to the playoffs and I'll say I know we have absolutely no chance. I mean, I guess in football, there's always a chance because there's you no know, so one game win and the other teams eliminated. It's not basketball. We have to win four out of seven games. But regardless, I just don't see us beating a big powerhouse team, even though we do match up well against Seattle. But if we have to play San Francisco in the first round, we're not beating them. We, we don't match up well. Football is a big game of matchups. It's like even when the Giants beat New England. Like the Giants weren't better than the New England Patriots, but they just matched up better with New England than other teams. 
So, I mean, if we somehow get the better matchups, I still think the Cowboys are a significantly better team than the Philadelphia Eagles. Based on, first, defensively, the Cowboys defense looks absolutely atrocious. But the Eagles defense might look worse. You say your best corner is Ronald Darby, but he allowed 150 in the first half against the New York Giants, against Darius Slayton. So that's your best corner. Pass rush is looking okay. Fletcher Cox has been kind of hurt this season. Um, but again, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna still say Dallas, even though personally as a fan, I do not want us to keep winning. For one, I don't want Jason Garrett to get any more ammunition. Jay Kim keeping his job. Two, at this point, if you're not gonna win, if, if you have no chance to win the Super Bowl, why not get a higher draft pick? This draft is too stacked not to have a high pick. So if you're not, if you can't contend for a Super Bowl, which I don't believe we can, then why not just look to get first a new coach, then a higher draft position? Anything else to add, Malcolm? Um, for that, y'all are talented. Y'all have everything together. So y'all losing. I understand y'all losing. <laughs> well, finally. Finally have Jerry Jones think about, yeah, it's time to move on for Jason Garrett. Time. Which I feel like he already have. But as you know, these Cowboys fans, they love anything. They always think they go into the Super Bowl until they prove wrong. And now that they prove wrong, they want to go off on a little frenzy. I just don't understand it. But, I mean, it's whatever. I think the Eagles are going to be the best they're the best suited to win to go to the, the uh, not Super Bowl to the playoffs, and even though that the Cowboys are more talented, I think it comes down to coaching, and I think that Doug Peterson knows what he's doing, and he will do it. Yeah. Now let's pivot to who do you project to win the last to win the wild card spot for the NFC and AFC? Ron, this was like hard. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was thinking about this stuff all night, I was like, huh. For the AFC, if you think about it, uh, you have the Bills and the Steelers who have the last two spots. And with the Bills, they are currently 9-4 right now. They have the Steelers left, the um, they have the Steelers, the Jets, and I think they have the Patriots left. And with the Steelers, they have the Bills, Jets, and the Ravens. It's hard because the Tennessee Titans – They've been one of the best. They've been one of the best football teams, you know, in the past couple of weeks in the NFL. They have a very explosive offense right now with Ryan Tannehill. Since Ryan Tannehill uh, came over, they've been five and one, five and one. Which their only loss was a close loss to Kansas City, which is wild. Which is really wild. The Titans has been playing. They have been playing the ball. They've been running the ball with Derrick Henry. Talking about running backs, Derrick Henry has proven himself this year. Yeah, and last paid, year, yeah. yeah, I mean, he already got paid, but it's just saying like how how you should play running backs. He's a he's a good example. Um, the only thing I have a problem with is I like the Steelers. You know, I like how the Steelers play defense, and I guess their defense wins them games. It they win, defense always wins their games. It's just that their offense is something that I have a lot of questions for, especially playing against the Bills and the Ravens coming up. And with the mm-hmm. Titans, I think that the Titans are going to take the Steelers spot while the Bills is going to stay up at that, the fifth spot. Now, for the NFC, this is different. Um, this is going to be hard because it's more competitive. I'm sorry about the AFC and sorry about all the other fans that you got on the AFC, but the NFC is a lot more competitive. Uh, with the Vikings, you got Chargers, Packers, and Bears. And then the Seahawks, you got Panthers, Cardinals, and 49ers. I think that the Seahawks are going to continue doing what they're doing, I feel like they're going to stay locked at their fifth spot. Mm-hmm. I think that the Vikings is going to have a problem. And with Kirk Cousins, especially with Kirk Cousins, you still got two divisional games with the Packers and the Bears. 
Uh, for the hunt, they got the Rams, which is nine and five. They play the Cowboys, 49ers, and Cardinals. That's a little going to be difficult. Let's see what the Rams do against the 49ers after they lost the last time. But they still do got the Cowboys and Cardinals, which are two easy, winnable games. Sorry, but that's just how it is. The Bears, they can be a sneak. They can be a sneak peek because you know they do got the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. I feel like they can make some noise coming up since they they have a very good defense still, and I. Feel still have trust in their coach to be able to do what they got to do. But at the end of the day, I think that Kirk Cousins, when you have Kirk Cousins, I don't know, he he shies away from the spotlight. And I feel like mm-hmm. against the Packers and the Bears, those are very divisional games, spotlight games that he needs to win, and I don't think that he's going to get it done. So I think that the Rams are going to take the Vikings spot, and it'll be the Rams and the Seahawks for the last two in the NFC. Yeah, like for the two AFC wild card spots, I do believe. For I, pre, I think Buffalo is gonna hold it only because they've been having a good season. Buffalo doesn't lose against bad competition. It's kind of like their mo right now. Pittsburgh probably has what a top five. Well, not probably. They do have a top five coach in the NFL of the last ten years. So I just don't believe Mike Tomlin is gonna choke down the stretch. I just personally don't believe that. Plus, Pittsburgh does lead the league in sacks. I mean, they leave if you're takeaways, too, yeah. Which is so well too. you have yeah. takeaways and sacks. So even though they might not be a yards defense, no one. That's not a, a, a stat. Like just stat, you you want turnovers and sacks, and they're good in both instances. T.J. Watt has looked like a monster. Uh, freaking Mika Fitzpatrick is an animal. I mean, they just it just I don't know. They're so good right now. And then their linebacker wasn't Devin Bush. Is that the linebacker? Yeah. Devin White, one of them, one of the Devin. Uh, yeah, I think it was Devin Bush. I think it's Devin Bush. Yeah, but he looks wow. He's a that. That's a, how a new age linebacker should look. That's that's how we thought Roquan Smith would look, even though he's playing like a smaller but fast linebacker that can cover but also tackle. Mm-hmm. But he's actually playing out this good this season. So I think Pittsburgh and Buffalo will definitely still hold their AFC wildcard spots. Now, I'm going to the NFC. Now, I'm, like, 100% sure Seattle is locked into the playoffs. Like, I have, I have no doubt that Seattle's making the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't even look to see if they won the last game or not. I mean, I know they lost the last game, but their game this Sunday, I'm pretty sure they're going to win that game. Yeah. Um, also, personally, I believe Seattle could possibly beat San Francisco again, and they could actually jump to get the, the one seed. So it's also possible Seattle literally could jump and get somehow still get the one seed because they're – a game below San Francisco, but they also play them again. Mm-hmm. And this time if they beat San Francisco, like they'll have they'll have swept them, so they'll have the tiebreaker by far. So they possibly could even have a top two seed, which would be crazy. So hopefully that doesn't happen because again, if the Cowboys do make the playoffs, we don't match up good with San Francisco. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but it's very possible based on how good Russell Wilson is playing. And Pete Carroll's what Pete Carroll's like a top three coach and a top three defensive mind as well. The defense is Looked bad last game against the Rams, but I think the defense has come together. At the end of the day, you still have Bobby Wagner to call plays or defense and to look amazing. Um, Jadavian Clowney has looked significantly better since the first three weeks. Uh, he looks extremely fast off the edge. And when you have a linebacker, um, a pass rusher, the only, thing really, the only thing they really need is a lockdown corner. And they, they definitely miss Earl Thomas. They act like they don't, they do. They miss that presence and those turnovers that he created. But... The hardest thing I've read so far was about Minnesota, really. Like, Minnesota, I think they'll hold the sixth seed, but I'm not that confident, only, like you said, because of Kirk Cousins. But 
they Minnesota is just so stacked, like so stacked. That's probably one of the most complete. That's a top three complete team in the NFL. Their defense is stacked on the line at linebacker, at corner, at safety. Let's go over the defense at the, of the line. They have Danielle Hunter and Everson Griffin. Those are your two edges. You have Linval Joseph at defensive tackle. So your D line is stacked. Your linebackers, you have Eric Kendricks, who ran 4-5. You have Anthony Barr, who used to play running back. So your linebackers are fast as well and can cover and can tackle. It's like, okay, how are we supposed to beat this team? Their corners, Xavier Rhodes has fell off, but he's not a slouch. You still have Trey Reigns, who ran 4-3. So you have a long, a speedy corner and then a long corner. So you have balance, and you don't have to really – you don't have to man up as much because the versatility at corner. You have one of the best safeties in the league at Harrison Smith who can hit and cover. He can also play um, the deep back safety of the free safety or, you know, like a, a third or fourth linebacker at strong safety. Mm. So he, you have him a versatile. I mean, then you have one of the a top three running backs in the league this season at Dalvin Cook who can run and defend. Thielen hasn't played in the last four weeks, but your offense has still looked good with just basically just Stephon Diggs. Thielen only has a hammy, so he should be come back. That's not – I mean, it's – that's, it, it depends how severe of a hamstring strain you have, but he should be back within the next week or two. I think he's questionable for this week, or maybe he's doubtful. I'm not 100% sure. So I got a question. So you're going to pick – Are you? so you're thinking about picking the Vikings over the Rams? Is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah, Vikings over the Rams. And who else is in the – yeah, in Chicago, of course. I'm not picking Chicago. Trubisky's not good. So let's look at the schedule. The Rams got the Cowboys, 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Vikings got the Chargers, Packers, and Bears. Um, I'm a Redskins fan. I know Kirk Cousins. This is true. These are two divisional games that you have to win. And Kirk Cousins is not good at being in the spotlight. The Rams, who have the Cowboys, the 49s, and Cardinals, can have two winnable games. I'm sorry, but your Cowboys is a winnable game. Understandable. 49ers might be a hard test, yes, but... At the 49ers, they're playing against the – I guess the 49ers are playing against the Seahawks before or they play against the Athers, so I don't mm-hmm. know. But the Rams still have an easier schedule, especially you have a Sean McVay as head coach. He knows how to do a lot of things with Jared Goff. And, you know, Todd Gurley is coming to the mix. Their offense is coming to the mix. Their offense is getting a lot better. Yeah. As we see when we played – see, uh, when they played against Seahawks. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know why you're going to keep on picking Kirk Cousins when you knew how Kirk Cousins is, especially when he was in our division. So I think that you should just look at other options and think about the Rams because the Rams have – they're still talented at the end of the day with a very good defense that they have with Wade Phillips running the show, especially when they have Jalen Ramsey. They have Aaron Donald and them boys. They have a lot of good players on that team that can be able to do something. So I, I think that you should really consider the Rams that are – Really considering the Vikings because the Vikings with Kirk Cousins is just not going to work. So yeah, I just believe first the Vikings will beat the Bears. The Chargers they definitely will beat the Chargers. So you only need really two wins to get in. Well, they I think okay they they have a game over the Rams so they need one win. They need the Rams lose twice. So I believe the Rams will definitely beat the Cardinals. That's you know it's not a hard win, but the Rams matchup absolutely terrible against the 49ers. First, the Rams' offensive line is one of the top five worst offensive lines in the league. While San Francisco has the best defensive line. Uh, the Rams are just not – that's not who they want to see. Like, that's just not the team that matches up good against them. They can beat Seattle because Seattle doesn't have that good of a – I mean, they have just clowny, but they match up well against Seattle. You know, I'm, like, like I've said before, matchups. And I, like I said, I, I'll predict that the Rams will beat the Cowboys this weekend. For one, this is a – if the Cowboys win or lose, it doesn't really – 
affect anything because they have to play the Eagles anyway the next week for the title. Like, it's basically this game means nothing to the Cowboys or the Eagles this week. So it's it's hard to play a hard team that has all motivation. You have no motivation at all to win. Like, the Rams have to win out, but the Cowboys could lose this game and somehow still win the division if they win the next two weeks. So, but we'll see. Now, as we went to our third topic, I think it's a pretty good topic. Well, who is the next head coach that will be fired after Ron Revere got fired last week? Um, for me, it's it's Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett got handed a. To be honest, Jason Garrett should have got fired a long time ago. Very but true. you know, as you know, Jerry Jones, he wanted to make sure that Jason Garrett has no excuses or no reasons up to why. They're not performing the way they should. He took all the excuses away. They needed the offensive line, got the offensive line. Needed a run game, got a run game. Needed a quarterback, got another quarterback. Needed a defense, got a defense, finally. Got a good coaching staff around you. You wanted to take away the, the offensive coordinator you had last year. You wanted to be able to pass the ball more with Dak Prescott. You got that in um, the office coordinator you have now, all right? So now that you got it, your record is 6-7. You have one of the most talented teams in the NFL, and your record is six and seven. Underachieving. Like I say, I like this. I love seeing this. I, I love seeing the Cowboys fans come to me earlier in the year talking about, oh, yeah, we're good. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're Super Bowl contenders. This is our year. Da, da, da. This and that. This <laughs> and that. Well, I mean, like I said before, like I said this week, y'all suck, all right? Y'all suck, all right? And I don't know if it takes a long time for Cowboys to understand, but I know there's some Cowboys who, who really understand. Like, I know a lot of people against this Bears, the way y'all played against the Bears. That's right. How many times these quarterbacks who have, who've been struggling all season look like doggone Hall of Famers against y'all? How many times did that has to happen? Like, I don't understand. Mr. Trubisky looked crazy. Yeah, so he did, kept his job for another year. So did Jeff Driscoll, so did every single other quarterback we played besides Carson Wentz this year. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> hey, Mr. Drisby, congratulations, because you got your job for another year the way you played against the Dallas Cowboys. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it is so crazy with the Cowboys right now. And I just think that Jason Garrett, he's done after this. Yeah, and I know I would just love to be my you know, analytical statistician self while dissecting why the Cowboys should fire Jason Garrett. But today I decided to pick a different coach, and that coach is Pat Shermer. Pat Sherman is, I've heard, an amazing play caller and a great dude and, you know, good. But you can just tell he's just too, he's like Garrett and just too mellow. Like, you're not motivating enough players. Even the Giants don't have amazing talent. But I also believe that, like, for one, for Shermer, it's going to be Shermer and Gellerman, which is the head coach and GM. They both will be out in New York after this season. It's because, for one, like I said, they both have decided to bring in Nate Soldier. He was the highest-paid tackle up until this um, the summer when Trent uh, Trent Brown became the highest-paid left tackle. Both came from Patriots. Yeah, both came from Patriots. Nate Soldier, yeah, he's not trash, but based on that contract he's been playing, oh, he's, very, trash, he's trash, pretty trash. bad. Based on the contract. Sure. He's been trash, you know what I'm saying, the last couple of games. Yeah, so he's okay. Some of the draft picks a little, like, uh, you treated Odell, which he has looked good this season, but everyone knows Odell's a talent. You have to use Odell the right way. I you I really don't understand why they trade them. They got a first and a third. 
you have to still now they need a receiver, so I'm still confused of why you traded a receiver. It just it's just a very it's just weird moves that go around there. Then I mean I love Saquon Barkley, but everyone knows the offensive line is more important than a running back because you can't run if you have no lines. It's literally not possible. Like you, no one is that good unless you like Barry Sanders. Like that's the only person like ever to do that to run without a line. But like mm-hmm. so right now you you chose to draft Saquon over a lineman. You also chose to draft Saquon over. Sam Darnold, Baker, well, you can you can draft him with Baker, but you could have traded up. So Baker, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, like you needed a quarterback. I understand Daniel Jones looked okay, looked good in the preseason, but he's looked pretty average this season. I'm not gonna give up on him because he hasn't looked as bad as like some other rookie QBs, like you know Haskins. You know he's a fan. He's a fan, but he's seen how Haskins has looked. He hasn't been too pretty so far. So, but, you know, I just think Shermer will be fired. I do think that only the difference between Shermer and Garrett is that Shermer will almost, like, 100% get, a, get an offensive coordinator job. Because when he was an offensive coordinator, he was amazing for the Vikings. Like, so, and every time he's been a coordinator for any team, he's always been good. He's just only been bad as a head coach. He's like a, who's like, who's another good example? Like a North Turner. Like North Turner can't be a head coach. Oh, no. North Turner has always been a good offensive coordinator. Or, you know, it's always those type of coaches like that. Or Todd Bowles. Like, Todd Bowles was a trash coach in the Jets. But as defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles is, is good every time he's a defensive coordinator. So, I just feel like Shermer is one of those coaches. And the Giants just have they, – they just make – they've made bad trades. Like, they traded for Leonard Williams. You know, he's average, but you give up a third. He gave up a third-round pick, which is high for a D-tackle in the NFL nowadays. Two, he's not a good pass rusher. He, he's also he's on a contract. So, if you gave up a third, you still have to pay the guy. That, that's just not how you do business. So I think Pat Shermer and Gellerman should go. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But, I mean, more of an, you know, you didn't really get a good roster for Pat Shermer. He didn't really get a good roster, even though that, yeah, he's on the way out. But at the end of the yeah, day, Jason Garrett should be should be widely known because yeah, yeah. you had a very good roster. A very good roster on your team, and you messed it all up. Yeah. You messed it all up. And you have no wins against a 500 team. So far this season, and it's about to be the done, about to be the end of the season. Yep, it's crazy, man. Yeah, now this is this is actually I think gonna be the best topic of the day. So I hope you all stay and listen now. So, Malcolm, what do you think your top five NBA teams are right now? All right, this is what I've been waiting for. All right, number one, f- number five. I'm gonna start with five. Okay, start with five. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. They're 18 and 7. They're on a three game winning streak currently. Philly, okay. They're 13 0 at home. Uh, the only thing that's going wrong with Philadelphia Sixers is Ben Simmons has been struggling so far. Even though that they're supposed to be way better than they are, uh, be, uh, they're supposed to be way better yes, than they, they are, are before. They haven't. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff that we got to look at Brett Brown about. Even though, you know, Philadelphia 76 is what they're going to. Uh, go through like if they're gonna go far in the playoffs or if they're gonna go far in the season they have to worry about the health and that's something that is so big with Joel Embiid not uh, coming in and out of the lineup all the time and you got Al Horford who has injuries Josh Richardson uh, just came back he's dealing with injuries you have a lot of injuries going on with with the roster and they have another thing is shooting I I at the end of the day I know that Joel Embiid is a very good player and I know how good he can be but if he's not healthy on the court, Philadelphia 76 years don't have a chance to get to the finals. All right? But that's number five right there. <laughs> number four is the Clippers. Yes, they're low. And I do not care. All right? Four is low. Yeah. They're 
18 and 7, right? And they're second in the West, which is very good. You know, they got Kawhi and Paul George, which is very good. They got a, they got the duel coming back. Kawhi hasn't played back-to-back games, which is something that you got to monitor too. Paul George, yes, he's getting there healthy, but he has struggled as of late. So yeah. something that you got to worry about too. Uh, they are the dip- deepest team in the league, which is very good about them. Definitely. But they got blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks last game. They have a have a good chance to be able to improve themselves with a good competition. They felt they falter with that, so that's something that you got to watch out too. Doc Rivers is a very good head coach. This team will go deep in the playoffs. Very good. Head just coach. know right now they just having a little problem. Now number three is my Boston Celtics. Yes, I said it. My Boston Celtics, and nobody got nothing to do with it. All right, and this is really reason why. Number one, they're seventeen and five. They're second in the in the, uh, in, in the East. All right, Jalen Brown's averaging twenty a game. So. Mass improvement from last year. Jason Tatum averaging 21 a game, showing improvement. You have uh, Kevin Walker uh, averaging 23 points per game. You have Gordon Hayward, who's came back, who had a very good night last night. Very good. All right. Brad Stevens, he could be a potential coach of the year candidate by, you know, with Al Horford and Kyrie leaving and having – the you know only person that came back was Kimball Walker, having that team come back together and playing a lot better than they did last year. Last year there was – 11 and 10 right now. All right. This year they are 17 and 5 right now. So as you can see, there's a lot going on that's different from last year. All right. Celtics are one of the only teams that have the top 10 in offense and in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. They are playing good on both ends, passing the ball. They are stealing the ball. They're doing all the stuff they have to do to be a team, and the chemistry has been great. Congratulations, Boston Celtics. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Number Los two, Celtics. Los Angeles Lakers. I don't want to think about it. I hate the Los Angeles Lakers, but you you know you can't. What you what do you got to say? They're twenty one and three. They're tied for the best record in the NBA. Frank Vogel has done an amazing job of being a head coach right now of the Los Angeles Lakers. There's a lot of stuff that a lot of people said about Frank Vogel coming into the job. Even me, I didn't really think that he would be a good head coach. But at the end of the day, Frank Vogel has been doing good. He has shut me up, and that's hard to do. Shut me up. All right. Uh, AD and LeBron are having MVP caliber type seasons, which is very good. They have a good supporting cast. You know, Danny Green has been playing good for them. You know, Dwight Howard has had a resurgence of a year with them right Six now. Six man of the year, yes. possibly. Eh, I don't know about that, but, you know, he's he's been doing good lately. Uh, JaVale McGee has been doing good. Like, their, their whole uh, lineup has been good. One thing I'm concerned about is Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma has been struggling lately. Maybe he's trying to, you know, come back from his injury, trying to get in shape, but he has a long way to go. That's something that's going to scare me, especially when they go to the playoffs or late in the year. They have having the easiest schedule so far, so that's something that you can just let them have. I have no problem, so don't think that I'm just going to talk about how bad their schedule has been, which it has, but I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to give y'all props right now. Second, uh, second year, we'll see what's going on at the end of the year. Uh, number one, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, God. All right. I mean, look at them. They've been blowing teams out like crazy. They just blew out the Clippers. I mean, there's nothing else I could say. One, they're 23. They have a 21-3 uh, record. They're on a 15-game winning streak. Uh, they lead the league in net rating, 13 and 4, which is the highest in the league since the Boston Celtics, um, who did it in 2007, 2008, and they won a championship. Not saying that they're going to win a championship, but I'm just saying the last person who did it won a championship. Um. Giannis Antetokounmpo is having an MVP season, averaging over 30 points per game. Like, this is just crazy. Yeah, you know, Bud is the leading candidate for Coach of the Year, uh, in my opinion. He, he's done a lot, again, to, to get the award. And 
it's just a lot to say about these Bucks because the Bucks has been playing good with with Chris Middleton and without Chris Middleton. They just never missed a beat. And they have a good supporting cast around them. They put a lot of 3-and-D shooters in this offseason, and it's been working out for them. But at the end of the day, they too had a very some very um, easy easy games on their schedule. And I'm not about to use this as an excuse, but I mean, at the end of the day, we have a lot more to go. It's a lot more of the NBA season to go. But, the, but what we've seen right now is that they've been destroying their opponents, and that's something that I like. So... Yeah, so first I want to – my fifth team right now is the Washington Wizards. Just kidding. Of course not. This, oh, I was about to say. This is not the list of the top five worst teams in the NBA. <laughs> that was just a joke for you all right there. Uh, I was just about to say, what No, I do that. love the Wizards, but no, let's uh, tank, for, okay. tank for my little ball. But anyway, now I want to start you off actually with a sleeper team. They can – they just can't be my top five. I just love this team right now. It's the Miami Heat. They have been looking, like, actually, like, amazing. Jimmy Butler has become, like, I mean, he's always been a leader. And he's always been a try-hard. But it's like him and Eric Spolster, like, were almost, like, like met for each other. Because, like, Eric Spolster, he's like a janitor. And then he worked his way up to, like, recorder, then assistant, and head coach. And he's just a hard worker. And Jimmy Butler was, like, a, a late first-round pick. Then he wasn't that good. Then he had to build. And then he can shoot. And it's, it's just, like, almost like they just were met to fit. It's both are hard workers. Then you have... Uh, Kendrick Nunn is playing like I mean he's in he's what, is he a top three rookie of the year candidate he's averaging like sixteen right now I mean uh, yeah. he's been playing great he also is a combo he can play point the two I think he's starting at point guard right now because Drogic is literally coming off the bench and has been looking great at that with that role of just scoring and a little bit of facilitating mm-hmm. um, Justice Winslow has been hurt uh, Tyler Hero has been like. I mean, I could tell because he had just a lot of swag, and he was just a different type of guard. But I'm like, okay, no, he really has, like, legit swag and confidence in his game. That he can play good. He can shoot the lights out. So they're a great shooting team. I just don't think they match up as good with, you know, other teams like the Bucks and the Sixers and stuff like that. But I would I, – that's a team I would not like to see in the first round. They remind me of the old, like, Chicago Bulls with, like, D-Rose and Luol Deng. It's a gritty team. It's like, I, I don't think they win a championship, but they just gonna, they're really going to fight. They're, they're going to take you six games. Like, you're not sweeping the, this year's heat. They're just too scrappy, too good of a coach. It's, you know, it's, it's that type of thing. It's a good connection, I see. But, um, anyway, my fifth team is the Boston Celtics, <laughs> which Michael is going gonna, gonna to hate, but he act like fifth is bad. Like, fifth is good. It's literally the regular season. Like it's too who, low. Who, who actually, like, it's not even – like, it's really not even that bad. Like, Boston, I feel, is, like, a very good team, but they don't have, like, that star player. So, like, I like Kimba. I like Jason Tatum. But I just don't believe a team can win a championship if they don't have a top ten player. I don't believe Kimba nor Jason Tatum is that. Even though I believe Jason Tatum could possibly ascend to that. But right now, he's just not that player. And Kimball has never been a top 10 player. Like, that's not really his MO, his game. He's very skilled, but he's not that good defensively. But he's also not like a James Harden offensively to extremely overcome that. But Brad Stevens is an amazing coach. I always feel like they have a chance. It's based on how deep of a team and how well coached they are. And like Malcolm has already said, they are a top five offensive and defensive rated team. And the only league in the, the only team in the league to have both of those stats. Now, on to our number four pick. I know, Malcolm, I know you don't agree with this, but I have Philly. Now, the Philadelphia 76ers, I believe, are a great team that I just designed very poorly. 
I believe just because like they like Ben Simmons clearly plays extremely better without Joel Embiid. Like when Joel Embiid doesn't play, Ben Simmons is averaging like over twenty five. When Joel Embiid plays, he's averaging like thirteen to fourteen points. It's a huge discrepancy between when they are on the court together. But they're just such amazing players. Elton Brand doesn't want to trade either one. But Philly is just so versatile defensively. Like, could you imagine them going? Like the, the Lakers would hate to see Philly in the finals only because they could throw so many bodies at LeBron and they could throw so many bodies at Anthony Davis. It would be actually their worst nightmare because how good defensively they are. I don't know if they could outscore the Lakers, but it would be definitely a game six, game seven finals. I believe LA would pull it out, but Philly's also a little younger than them, but they're also a little more hurt than the Lakers, so it would just really be who can stay healthy the longest and who can give their full effort. But yeah, that's why I believe Philly is four. Also, Brett Brown is not really a proven coach, so I'm going to wait and see to see if he can make the right calls at the right times. Now, let's move on to my third team. I don't think this is the best team in the NBA. I think this is the third team. Now, let's talk about the best team in the regular season. The key word is regular season, and that would be the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe that because people really don't understand, like, Malcolm Brogdon was such a big loss. That was your best shooter and your best playmaker, besides Giannis, of course. And I just feel like this is such a big loss. I really believe they should have kept Malcolm Brogdon over Egg Bledsoe. But they chose to play, pay Bledsoe earlier than Brogdon, so they messed up the payroll. That's just such a big loss. And Brogdon's averaging over 20-7 and seven this year. And it's looked great defensively as well. He's really that piece that Philly was missing because he could either be your two or three, depending on the playoff game. Um, I don't believe Chris Milton is an actual two. I believe he's more of a three. I feel like that's going to hurt them. Eric Bledsoe... I have you on fantasy basketball, but I've never really been that big of a fan because I'm not really a big fan of guards that really can't shoot that well and aren't like a Derrick Rose where Derrick Rose can shoot that well, but he was also a clutch shooter. Like he could make shots in the fourth quarter or in the clutch. So that's a different area. So you're not their go-to option in the fourth quarter. You're a great. You're a top five right now defensive point guard, but offensively I don't see it you've been able to just slash Giannis is the slash he's going to also clog the paint I understand you do have Milton and Brooke Lopez and George Hill to spread the floor but I just don't like the fit with Giannis and Eric Bledsoe now you all know who my top two teams are of course number two I have the Los Angeles Clippers only reason why I have the Clippers number two is because I don't I believe in chemistry and Kawhi is going to play about 65 to 67 games. Paul George is going to play about 60 to 65 games. So based on that, I just don't believe they have enough chemistry playing together. Because even though they're playing that many games, they're probably going to play a good 55 games as, you know, while both are on the court. Um, Kawhi's not playing back-to-backs right now. But they're just, even with all those bad things, they just have so much going for them. And you have a great coach in Doc Rivers. Off the bench, you have Lou Williams and Montrez, who are bench players, but they're averaging like 30 minutes a game. So they're bench players, but they're getting a lot of time. So you have a, just an extremely deep team. You have Shamit, who was a big loss for the Philadelphia 76ers because he's a great shooter. He can spread the court for you. You have an animal on the ball, and Patrick Beverly, who can guard the best team's guard. So based on those things, I believe the Clippers are the number two team. The only reason why they're not number one is based on chemistry. Now, my number one team is the... Los Angeles Lakers, yes, the Lake Show, 
because of Anthony Davis and LeBron James and the depth they have in role players right now. Like, the, the Lakers are very top-heavy. You have, like, LeBron, then AD, and we all know AD is probably the defensive player of the year right now. LeBron's a top-three MVP candidate along with Anthony Davis as well. But we just talk about the depth on the Lakers. Like, Avery Bradley's missed the last two weeks. That's probably your best perimeter-defending wing that can guard a point guard or a wing defender. They'll probably put him on Kawhi, even though he's extremely undersized for Kawhi, but he's just so scrappy. It's almost like when the Clippers back in the day put Beverly on Durant. Just, you know, just scrappy. You're going to bother him. Then you have Danny Green, who's literally the definition of three in D, um, has multiple championships, um, playoff-driven, good shooter, good defender. That's just an overall great pickup. And, of course, you still have JaVale, a great defensive center. You have Dwight Howard, who's having a resurgence. You have, you know, case people play average. He's he's still an okay player. I, I love Quinn Cook. You're about to see, you're almost you're one of the top catch and shoot players in the league right now. Um, I just think believe the Lakers just have what it takes to win a championship. Um, then Kyle Kuzma has been struggling as of late. But he's still shooting 36 from three, which was the biggest question in this game. How good can he shoot from three? He's shooting 36, amazing for the power forward position. So I believe it'll eventually work out. Also, he seems like he's like almost like one of their closers. He's been playing amazing in every fourth quarter so far. So I just believe the Lakers are definitely the best team in the NBA. Now, me and Malcolm will not be able to have any more episodes for the next, you know, around four to five to six weeks because of winter break. But we, we both want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. And we want you all to leave comments and feedback on the podcast so we know how to improve this podcast for you all to make you all feel more interested. Now, thank you all and goodbye.